The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Jesus put another parable before them. He said, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first, bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds, and he went into the house. His disciples came to him, and they said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send His angels, and they will gather out of His kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and will throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of the Father. He who has ears, let him hear. This is the gospel of our Lord. Sunflowers. In my life, I've not seen very many of these things face to face. I see them on television. I see them on other places, but they're big, right? I mean, I didn't, I knew they were big, but I'd forgotten how big they were. And they're really bright. And to think that these, they're they're heavy, that these heavy flowers rest in the night, come back around every day. And when the sun comes up, they're waiting for it to come. And they perk up to get the sun. And they follow the sun during the day. And they repeat that. That is their nature to do. That is their purpose to do. That's what they're created to be. That's a sunflower. That's all they do. Be sunflowers. I've seen it on the Tour de France because they had time lapsing of the tour. And they would show the fields of flowers in in France. They would do that. It's like, wow, how amazing. And... Maybe what just a profound, simple thing for us to get in our nature and our understanding of God. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be all that intellectually stimulating. It's just a reality of being something and, and being and doing something that God purposed us to be and to do. Keep that in mind as we go through this parable today and, and the stories that we have in this today. Simple. But what would happen if the sunflower didn't do what the sunflower was to do? What happens if it just drooped all day? What happens if it didn't follow the sun? We'd call it a dark flower or a dumb flower. We'd replace the seed, and and if that was a bad batch of seeds, we'd change the seeds. But we'd do something, but it would change change the whole nature of what we say the sunflower is. 
How is that with us as a people? And I was thinking about flowers and weeds this last week, um, particularly on Thursday, because on Thursday, um, the boys, my two sons are, are here, they were tasked with cleaning cars, and they were tasked with cutting grass. And it was dry, and it was dusty, and we really don't have grass. We're renting a house, and there's a little bit of grass mixed in there, but primarily our yard's weeds and sticks and rocks because it's kind of a slope of a hill. And so weeds got me thinking, and, and it got me thinking about just the parable. We're going to get there, but also about a pastor's parable. So this pastor and his family had relocated to a new town, kind of like us. You know, It's not my exact story, but I think, think a lot about it. So a pastor and his family just relocated to a new town, a new church, a new home. And everything about the transition was going well. It seems that the, the church folks were happy with the pastor and what was going on at the church. The wife was happy. That's always a bonus. The, the children were happy. It just seems that everyone was about as happy as happy could be. And um, there was, however, one small nagging problem that was developing as the days were passing by in this new home. This problem was the yard. The yard of their new home was in rather bad condition. Well, actually, it wasn't in in bad condition, it was ugly to the point of embarrassing in the whole neighborhood condition. There was a few grass things growing in there, but they were sparse. The weeds, they were of great variety, and the pastor would almost say miraculous plenty. There was weeds upon weeds upon weeds. It was bad. So after they kind of got somewhat settled in, the pastor asked the neighbors for some help. And he was really surprised how enthusiastic the, 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 the neighbors were wanting to help him fix his yard. It must have been that bad of an eyesore. Yeah, absolutely, we'll help you. And they almost all concurred that we need to have you talk to the lawn doctor. That was the name of the company that was going around and using seeds and whatever it was. They just made good, pretty yards. And so the lawn doctor. So the pastor decides, okay, I'll take their advice. He calls the lawn doctors, and they said, can we see you tomorrow? He says, I can see you tomorrow about 9 o'clock. Great. So they were to meet there at 9 o'clock in the morning. 9 o'clock in the morning, the lawn doctor company represented comes in. So he's got the pickup truck with the bottles of all the stuff in the back and um, the sprayers. And he, he walks around the front yard, and he's taking some notes. And he goes to the backyard, and he's taking some more notes. And to the pastor's surprise... The professional lawn company, the lawn doctor, refuses to accept him as a client. His lawn must have been either beyond the lawn doctor's capacity or the lawn doctor's desire to correct and maintain. It was just too much work. Either way, he was rejected. Well, a few days pass, and as can be expected, this shocking and embarrassing news about the lawn doctor's refusal to take him as a patient started to spread throughout the neighborhood. And the news got to it with this church family, and this started to be the buzz around the coffee tops and the, maybe the, the outside parking lots talks. Everybody just seems to be talking about the pastor's yard. Well, sometime that next week, um, there was a young member of the church, and I think the young member of the church has just maybe got a new tractor for a toy or something like that. But anyway, this guy calls the pastor and says, Pastor, I can help. He says, I'd like to come by with my small tractor and my trailer, and I want to scrape off all that dirt with all that weeds, front yard, backyard, scrape it down, just remove it. I'm going to put in the tractor or the, the trailer, we're going to haul it off. I'm going to ask that then you'll buy some, some soil, some topsoil. I'm going to spread that out. We'll put new seeds. We're going to start from scratch. 
Well, that was an interesting idea. So the pastor's thinking about it. He says, well, let me get back to my wife. And he talks with his wife about it. About the time he was going to accept this offer, a retired farmer um, stops by the church office. And the retired farmer gave the pastor some lawn advice. This farmer told him, he said, Pastor, I hear you've got some lawn problems. He was soft-spoken. He didn't want to... I got you got some lawn problems. Pastor, don't worry so much about getting rid of the weeds. Pastor, just grow the grass. In time, the grass will take care of the weeds. Long story short, the pastor chose the retired farmer's prescription. He didn't he he didn't worry about the weeds. He did all he could to plant and grow grass. It took a couple years, but the effort paid off. His lawn was beautiful, just like all the other lawns in the neighborhood. Pastor, don't worry so much about getting rid of weeds. Just grow grass. Now, I share that pastor parable for reason and purpose. The, the parable that Jesus gives us today I know you heard the same thing I read. I heard, I've been looking at this all week. Um, it touches on a variety of very important, almost scary, just hard topics. Our Bible lesson today top, covers things like heaven and hell. Our topic today talked about judgment day, final harvest. The topic that Jesus gave in the parable, it talks about the causes of evil and the devil. The topic today in the parable is about eternal blessings for the one that are judged to be weeds. But it's also then about the eternal judgment that falls on those that are or, or for wheat, but then the ones on the weeds, they're just burned up. Those are heavy topics. And with all those topics mentioned in a parable, it seems real easy for, for people to focus on the things that we are absolutely not in control of. Most of those topics we have nothing to say or to do about. And we focus upon them. We can focus upon the topics like, well, why is it that some people can accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and strive for holiness, while other people don't give Him the time, the day, or any interest, and they just avoid or ignore it altogether? Why is it that some will experience the fires of hell, while others will be in the blessedness of heaven? That doesn't seem fair for a God who loves. We wrestle with stuff like that. You can almost hear the world saying things like that. Or how do you know? Maybe you'll wrestle with the question, well, how do you know that you're going to go to heaven? When your loved ones are getting close to the day where they're going to be going back to the dirt and their souls are released, how do you have confidence that they're being released to heaven? People can get consumed with that. How can you be sure? Who are the doers of evil? What are angels? Boy, people can spend a lot of time with angels. What are angels? How many are they? Where are they? What do they do? What do they look like? Do I have an angel? What's the judgment day? And when is it going to happen? There's a lot of people focused in our world about trying to figure out when that day is going to happen. I've been seeing billboards over my lifetime. Once we were driving from, from San Antonio and we were going to be driving to Birmingham, Alabama to help with tornado relief. And as we were going through the Houston area, there was a mega church there that had a mega person in there. And that personality said that on, on the 23rd of this month, it's the day. And we were driving on the 21st. <laughs> and we're noticing this. So we saw two of these. They're big signs. 
And we're looking at each other. I'm driving the church bus with all the people and all this. We had caravan stuff going across. And we started, you know, well, we're not going to get back to see our family because we're not going to be back until like the 25th or 26th. We're going to be almost a week over there. And, well, they said if we see it, then we missed it because they were teaching of a rapture thing. He's going to pull out this batch first and another batch section. And, well, then we just missed it. But either way, it was a sign saying, I was like, wow. Jesus said, no one knows except the Father how audacious it is for a human to say they know the time and the hour. Why? It just didn't make sense. So we can focus on the times. We see it in our world. It's almost like a vain effort to have control. Because if you can know the whens and the hows and the wheres and you can understand it, then somehow or another you might say that you have control over it. Foolish little people. We're not called to have control. We're called to have faith. That brings us to this part of the parables review. For us, the instruction of Jesus is actually very simple for us. And it's very straightforward. In the parable, we are called to identify or to be or to do just one of two things. In some ways, they're the same. We are called to identify with either the workers in the parable and or the wheat. That's it. Two simple parts. Workers, which means we are obedient, that we have a relationship with our God. We know what God wants. We know what God says to do. And we're like that sunflower. We're participating with God. And we're wheat. We're to share that stuff with other folks. We're to be fruitful for others to see. That's the only two parts. That's it. When you reread the parable, you'll see that our focus and role and opportunity is that it does not include any of these other things. These things it doesn't include. In the parable, we are not the masters. We are not the Son of God. Not our title, not our job description, not our duty. That's up to God. Okay? Second thing, in the parable, we are not the evil one and we're not the weeds. That's not our job. That's not our role. That's not who we are. We're to be the faithful ones. We're to be wheat. We're baptized. We're not weeds. The other part in this is we're not the reapers. We're not the angels. We're not with tasks with gathering up all the wheat to burn them personally and oversee it, nor are we the ones that are responsible for the gathering up of all the souls that are going to be with the Father in heaven. That is not our job and purpose. We don't need to know when. We don't even need to know how. That is not in our backpack to carry. From the parable, we are created and called to be obedient workers. In the parable, we are called to bear good fruit. All that other stuff is on the will, the power, the wisdom, the authority, and the sovereignty of God, not us. Think about it. Think about the workers, and we're going to have the two parts, workers and seeds. On the workers part of it, it's good for us to remember at this point that the disciples, they're witnessing Jesus interacting with crowds. They're probably wondering why some are responding to Jesus with a, with a gratitude and a respect and a cherishing, while others are responding to Jesus with an argumentative disrespect or, or just rejection altogether. They're watching that. They see the crowds. They see what's going on. The disciples are probably spending time um, wondering about their place in this plan. What's my role in this? What am I responsible for? If I go home and my brothers refuse 
and my sisters accept this good news that Jesus is the Messiah and that his cross is going to cover and atone for their sins and they will be set free in them. If my brothers reject it, my sisters accept it, am I responsible for my brothers? Am I responsible for my sisters? They're wrestling with these things. They're probably wondering if Jesus is talking about the end times. When, Lord? How? When will we, will we recognize it? What's our place in that? Where's our hope? Do we need, should we be afraid of my last days or do we have faith? They're, they're not that much difference of a place in us as we hear this story. They're wrestling with life just like we are. And for them and for us, Jesus shares a parable. He says, friends, you are not tasked with getting rid of the weeds. You're not responsible for the faith decisions of others. You're responsible for just sharing the good news. You're not responsible for how they receive it or reject it. Friends, you are not tasked with the judgment or the harvest either. You live as obedient to me. You live in harmony with me. And you share my good news of love and forgiveness. That's what you do. That's all you do. That's enough to do. For workers, for disciples to do more than that, for workers a disciple to start moving in and taking over the master's role, to move in and push the angels out of the role, to move in and there and start stoking fires, that, those kind of behaviors are unwanted, they're unwelcome, they're unnecessary, they're even dangerous. We're trying to be God, and we're not. We're workers. We're seeds. And that brought me to think about, the, think about seeds in this part of it. Seed matters because it has to do, going back with sunflowers, the nature of who we are and, and what we are. The seed that the farmer plants matters. It just does. Think about our world. Millions of dollars are invested. I know because my grandfathers were in farming business. We still have land that we farm. and Millions of dollars are invested every year to discover good seed and to plant that good seed. Whole industries are on seed design and plant designs and, and, and developing those, right? Money is invested into good seed because good seed can grow into good plants. You plant sunflowers, you get sunflowers. You plant dandelions, you get dandelions. If you want sunflowers, you've got to pay attention to that. And there's different types of sunflowers and all that sort of stuff. You want to invest in the good seed. Because good plants, then, can produce what we want them to produce. More good fruit. So as children of God, think about this. We, each one of us, we are created in the image and likeness of our Heavenly Father. That's in Genesis. When you think about who you are and your nature and your reason and your purpose in this world, go back to Genesis. When God sees you, He sees you beautifully. Our problem is we don't see ourselves as beautifully as God sees us. That could be one of your prayers this week. Lord, help me see myself as beautifully as you see me. Lord, help me see myself as beautifully as you see me. And where I'm corrupted, Lord, help me see it and clean it. Right? But it starts off with this as the seed of who we are. You are created and made an image, God, uh, image of God. And you are blessed with the Holy Spirit. You have been baptized. We believe that God says exactly, God does, and we, say, we, we believe that God does exactly what He says. And when we're baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and the water's placed on there, we believe that now the Holy Spirit is a part of you. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. 
And as children of God, you are also planted in this world. You live in a home, you work in a community, you function in this place, you are now amongst this world. You are God's seed in this world. Well, those things said, what's your nature and your purpose? Your nature and your purpose, much like a sunflower seed, is to follow your son. Follow God's son. Keep your face to the sun and your back to all the junk. That's what we do. We're to love, as we do that, we can love our Heavenly Father because we're following Him. We'll know His will. We'll know what He wants. We'll know what He dislikes. And we'll have course corrections. If a sunflower gets twisted, it gets fixed. It comes back around the next day. So we're created to love. We're created to love God. We're created to love others. We're, is our created nature to be faithful? That's how we're created to be. We're created to be in harmony with our Heavenly Father. And his nature. We are created to share what we have first received. We're created to do that. It is against our nature to not do that. It takes more work not to be a Christian and a Christ follower than it does to be a Christ follower because we're, it's the flow to be with God. The good news then, good news is we are created, we are empowered, and we are purposed to participate and commune with the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the sacraments of God. And with all of that, it's impossible for us not to be fruitful. Impossible. People who see you will say, there's a Christian person. And when they're dried up, they'll say, I want what you have. When they see you peaceful, when other people are terrified, when they see you loving people that other people ignore, when they see you radiating God within you, you're sharing that, and you're, you're infecting the world with God's goodness. You're producing fruit. As workers or disciples or seeds of God, two pieces come up. We know who our God is because we follow Him like the sunflower every possibility we get, every moment we got. And the other part of it is, is we make him known and we're seeds, we're fruit. We share what we've given like the sunflower gives off its seeds. We know him and we make him known. All the rest, come back to this now, all the rest, the judgment day, the when, the how, the angels, the gathering, who's being gathered to hell, who's being gathered to heaven, and all those details, those things are not in our packs to carry. All of those details are on our Lord. The pastor, with a yard full of weeds and some grass, chose not to remove the whole yard, scrub it off, discard it, and start from scratch. He accepted the advice of a retired farmer. He worked not to remove or replace soil and weeds. He worked to grow grass. With that becomes our prayer. Close your eyes and let's say this prayer together. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would make us obedient participants in your kingdom, that you would make us disciples, that we would know you fully. We would radiate like sunflowers in the sun. Heavenly Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you help us be reflections and imitators of your Son Jesus so that the world around us would know you in our lives, in our words. Lord, that we would make you known. And Lord, help us to trust and have faith that all the other details, they are in your hands and in your hands, that's going to be okay.
Thank you for the chance to worship on this day. Thank you for your presence with us. And thank you for the work that you're going to do this, this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.